0: Hey guys, Hunter here. If you're like me, you've started to listen to uh, most of your podcasts on Spotify. And if you guys do, it would really help us out if you would leave us a review on Spotify. We've just recently gotten on the platform and we're trying to get our reviews up. So if you enjoy the show, uh, we would really greatly appreciate you going there and uh, clicking a a review for us. It only takes a few seconds and it will really help us out uh, with growing the podcast and getting the good word of health and fitness out. Now let's get to the show. back with the Coyote Fitness Podcast. Hunter here, coming to you from the Flowwood Recording Studios, and we're going to have an interesting conversation today. Uh, We are going to talk about something that you guys have been hearing me talk about all year, uh, the marathon, and I'll get into specifics with that in a minute, but we did run it. We did complete it, so we're excited about that. Um, But we're going to talk specifically about training for an event outside of the gym. So we've had a lot of uh, Coyote members uh, run races recently. We had some... A marathon, half marathon, 10K, 8K, 5K. And so uh, we had some specific questions about uh, just talking about how we uh, prepare for that. We're going to talk about uh, some nutrition aspects of it. We're going to talk about training for the specific event. And the, the main thing we're going to talk about is how to continue to come in the gym and use that to train for your sports sport specific event outside the gym. And most of the time for, for our members, it's uh, you know some type of race whether it's a race that we mentioned earlier it could be a triathlon or a uh you know a warrior dash or um those types of things but this can also apply to other sport events that you have um outside the gym as well so we're going to talk about uh how we would uh train for our events how we did train for our events uh caleb ran the half marathon as well and uh, and uh how we would recommend other people do it so uh without you know sacrificing too much of the uh the stuff in the gym so we're excited about this conversation today
1: yeah i just want to real quickly just say congrats to everybody who has done that i know you guys have worked really really hard uh and it's a it's an exciting thing for us to play a part in something that's outside of what we do in the gym every day and so taking part of you know a lot of these races and things are not in contradiction to what we're doing in the gym but we're trying to help you guys prepare for those things that you enjoy and i think the sense of accomplishment that I see from people when they set their mind to a task and then to complete it, that joy and that excitement is what we show up every day to help you achieve. And so that's an exciting thing. And uh, so that's just a, a quick congrats to everybody. And I hope this is going to be helpful. This conversation is helpful for uh, the next thing that you decide to do. Because if you're like me and you got done and you said, all right, that's going to, it's going to be a minute before I do something like that again. Or for others, it's the exact opposite. You finish it and you say, hey, that was a blast. I want to try to do better next time. What can I do to um, make this experience, uh, whether it be competing or just completing it better? And so I think it's a, it's a really cool thing to help people with, and and we're excited to do it.
0: Yeah, so we had uh, multiple people complete the marathon at the St. Jude, which is awesome. We had, you know, double-digit people do the half marathon, and then we ha- also had some other people that completed the half marathon and uh, the following weekend at the coast. And uh, we we had some people doing the turkey trot, 8k, and um, some 10ks, and uh, so lots of different people running races here as the weather cools off. So it's a lot of fun, but. Um, the biggest thing, uh, where I would always start with this is if you're deciding to do some type of event like this, the first question is, what is your goal with this event? Okay. So, um, is it to complete the event or is it to perform your best? Have you done it before? Is this your first time doing it? Um, and that's where I'd always start because if your goal is, if it's say, uh, we can take the marathon, for example, say you've run multiple marathons in the past and your goal is to. Improve, beat your time, um, or maybe qualify for you know a New York Marathon or Boston Marathon or something like that. Your training is going to look different than somebody like myself, who uh, my goal was just to complete it. Um, And my goal going into it was to complete it with uh, sacrificing as little of my progress in the gym and body composition um, as I could and train as little as I could on a weekly basis and still complete it so that that was kind of my goal I wanted to be able to do it without um, sacrificing too much of all my other progress and so my training would look a lot different than somebody who was trying to set a big PR or, or qualify for something and so that's the first thing you got to do is determine what do you, what is your goal with this are you wanting to do it to complete it or are you wanting to get your best possible time or beat your time from last time so that's the first thing I would look at I want to know, just in general.
1: I think as we get started, what are um, what are the things that you feel like we need to expect to sacrifice a little bit of when you are undergoing? Let's say the longer ones. Let's 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 just go the half marathon into marathon and anything in between there, anything more than a half marathon. What are things, Hunter, that you know you're going to be sacrificing a little bit of in order to uh, just complete that? And then what are the things that you're sacrificing in order to perform and compete at that?
0: Um, so another another answer of it depends. Uh, it depends on your specific training schedule is would be my first answer. Um, if you are a person who is training um, multiple hours a day, you have everything dialed in and you're adding this onto it, um, it's not going to you're not going to be sacrificing as much as somebody else who has a full-time job. And this is, you know, they train for one hour a day. Um, and your, your recovery is not the priority of your life, that type of thing. So you can see, like we see some CrossFit games athletes go and run a marathon in three hours and something minutes, and it doesn't really affect their training because they train so much that their body is used to that t- level. Uh, my sister Meredith ran the half marathon and she continued to do a regular training and, She was able to continue to make PR. She hit a you know huge lifetime snatch PR a couple weeks before the half marathon race, because the volume of her training is so high, and her focus on diet and nutrition and sleep and recovery and lowering as little you know get as little stress as possible uh, in her life. She was able to do it. Now, somebody like me, where that is not you know my main priority, and my main priority is you know work and family and uh, that type of thing. Yeah, it's going to cost me um, some of my other stuff. And the first thing I noticed, and I've been telling tell people, everybody, this is it, you're definitely, it's going to hurt your body composition. It's going to hurt your muscle because when you're training that amount of volume and running that much, you're going, your, your body, no matter how well you eat, your body is going to start sacrificing some muscle for those, for those longer endurance things. And so I noticed, um, you know, definitely I lost muscle, uh, muscle mass in my legs And just on the in body, uh, I lost a couple percent body fat, um, from the, from the training because I knew, but I knew that that was going to be a trade-off. I knew I was not going to be in the best body composition I was going to be into. So that's one thing I would expect is you are going to sacrifice some muscle. If you're committing to do one of these, especially, you know, the training that's going to take to be able to complete a marathon, a half marathon, you might not need to train quite as much, not have to put as many miles in. Um, and you might not sacrifice as much. Um, but definitely if you're planning on running for, you know, five hours, you're, you're the training leading up to it and that actual race, you're going to sacrifice some muscle. For
1: that. I think that's going to be the case for a lot of running, especially if you're running two or three days a week, there's going to be a sacrifice of that because like you said, there is just, uh, one, you know, the fatigue of the running that you're doing and the amount of time that your body is under tension, you're going to experience a, Um, even when you do decide to lift weights, there's going to be a trade-off on the effort you can give when you lift weights because of the fatigue that your body has endured during the running. And so that's why I think it's important, this is the side note, I think it's important to, to mix and match if you do want to run and spend time working on performing and running, to mix and match doing that before and after your weightlifting sessions and not just to exclusively... Uh, run before you work out because that's definitely going to lower the the amount of power output that you have when it is time to do your strength training. It's also going to be something that affects your ability to to push into a higher intensity in the workouts where you do want to have a balance of being able to also give a a high quality effort for 10 minutes as you're training for something that may be a two hour or a one hour. Workout, and so keeping that balance, I think, is important. And that's one thing that I've noticed that is um, has been true in my life is that sometimes it's it is good to do to alternate doing some of my endurance work before, sometimes it's after, but to mix and match it. But uh, that's really for people who are doing multiple things in a day. I think the point of what you're saying is if you're just only able to do one exercise activity per day, and you do decide that you want running to be something that you focus on. You're only just taking away from some of those other aspects of uh, a balanced fitness, and that's okay, but you are going to take something away from your strength work and the, your conditioning.
0: The, the intensity is the other piece that I definitely noticed, especially the last couple months leading up to it as the miles were really getting high on the weekend. Um, as the miles started ticking up, I definitely noticed the first part of the week. The first, you know, we were running on Saturdays most weeks, and so Monday, you know, Monday and Tuesday, I definitely noticed I was a little bit more tired during the week as the, the miles ramped up. I was not able, in the last couple months, I was not really able to hit a high intensity in any workouts because I just I was training at a low intensity for so long, my body was getting used to that. It was harder for me to hit high intensity. I really had to drop the uh, the weights that I was using in workouts down because um, if I was uh, going very heavy. I was having trouble, um, being able to recover, um, for my runs. And then I also just didn't have a whole lot to give in my, in my intensity piece, uh, of the strength portion of class. So both of those, I was having a hard time, um, you know, being able to hit intensity with that and being able to, to go heavier weights. So I definitely started going lower weights and, um, going, you know, closer to that 70, 80% effort in workouts, which was a sacrifice I was willing to make. Um, and I knew that that was something I was going to require of me as I got into the training. Um, and even though we were training one day a week, like I said, on Saturdays, I was still, um, we can kind of get into my training here for a second, but for out pretty much what we did for the whole year was uh, we ran on Saturdays and we did the the Coyote cl- uh, class workout uh, workout of the day Monday Tuesday Thursday Friday and then on Wednesday I was doing uh, the the Coyote physique track to try to uh, hold on or put on some muscle and I was able to add a little bit of muscle on my upper body over the year but like I said I definitely sacrificed some lower body muscle as well for for all the running um, but you know that I was able to um, maintain for most of the year with my body composition, just losing a little bit by running one day a week. But as the miles got, you know, 14, 15, 16, running three plus hours, two to three hours on a weekend, it really started eating into my, my muscle mass. And so that was, uh, uh, that was, you know, the, the biggest thing that I noticed, um, besides the, uh, the intensity piece was losing muscle a little bit as we got into it.
1: I want to know, and I think this is something that we've gotten a lot of questions about um, with regards to your training, but what does that look like when it comes to eating? Because we want to try to, like we talked about understanding there's going to be a sacrifice when you put your body through that amount of time under tension with anything. And so when it comes to minimizing the losses of muscle composition of or body composition in terms of muscle and fat and trying to minimize the loss of intensity in your workouts. What are some of the things that you were thinking about when it came to uh, how it changed your eating during training? Um, I think some people may be interested in knowing what it, what did you eat during the, during the race and then also during those training periods yeah. that were closer in duration to the race.
0: So the... For the week, Monday through Friday, my diet didn't really change any. I ate the same I have been eating. Um, had the same breakfast, lunch, dinner. I was still having protein shakes every day post workout. Um, and on the weekends, I uh, my my diet pretty much stayed the same uh, up until we got about an when my run started getting longer than an hour and a half is when I noticed that I really needed to start fueling up in uh, during the work uh, during the runs because. I was running out of energy after about an hour and a half or so, and I started to crash. So I uh, I started playing around with taking some candy with me because um, I was you know, looking into lots of different types of goos and gels and stuff like that, and a lot of people were saying that you had to experiment with them because a lot of them will upset your stomach and i was looking at it and the composition was pretty similar to just eating candy and i was like i would rather just take some candy that i would enjoy eating and looking forward to than taking some nasty goo that i was forcing down um, with me so i started playing around with different candies and um that worked out really well for me the first couple times i tried it i was having it at about the hour mark and the set you know if I had two hours, the second hour, I actually had more energy than the first hour. Um, so I just started taking some sour patch kids or some sour worms or, uh, something like that. And we would stop and walk, uh, for like five minutes or so in our training. Um, and during the walk, I would just start eating the candy and it it made a huge difference. And so I ended up taking, uh, for the race, I ended up taking like, I think four or five big bags of, of candy with me. And we stopped every hour and walked and I would eat, um, about 300 300 400 calories worth of uh, carbs and that worked really well for me. I felt like I had good energy for the whole the whole marathon and um, so that worked really well you know because it was something that also mentally it was something gave me something to look forward to um, leading up to it now the sacrifice was my stomach was messed up the next day. Um, because of all the sugar that I was taking in, even during training. And I knew that was going to be the case because sugar definitely messed my stomach up. I really tried to bump up the probiotics on those days, um, but it still, you know, it definitely had an impact. And then the post uh, runs, you know, Saturday night's usually a night that we get something to eat, go out to eat, get you know, pick up uh, a restaurant and eat at home. I was definitely eating more calories uh, on Saturday, even more so than I normally do um as the the training ramped up um and it was really like the the training on Saturdays became train and then just lay around the rest of the day cuz I just didn't have any energy and Sunday was a big lay around rest recovery day be- as the miles ramped up because you're burning a lot and taking a lot out of you when you're running for 2 3 plus hours
1: so here's the thing i think i take away from that is um when we try to when we try to Get more out of our body in terms of volume, and we start to do that. There has to be a recovery protocol that is, um, that doesn't, that allows your body to adapt and to rest. And so I think two things come to mind is sometimes it's really easy to bite off more than we can chew and want to have both. So we want to have all the running gains and we want to have the aerobic endurance gains and we want to put in the volume and we also want to have the, the parties on the weekend or the activity on the weekend, or um, we want to keep and maintain the recovery that we have from a 60 minute um, class workout. And there has to be a little bit of a recognizing that when you take that extra, that extra time to invest into something like running, you're also going to have to then match that with the ability to recover and to prioritize recovery, just like you prioritize the long, run on Saturday. That means that Sunday we're going to have to cut some things from the schedule in order to allow your body to rest and recover from it. Or else we end up just strain, strain, strain. And that strain, even with a small recovery, it, it maybe tricks you into thinking, oh man, why am I not performing? But reality is that strain is starting to build up, build up, build up. And that's where I think we see injury happen. There's a lot of studies that talk about the different, you know, your recovery protocol and your sleep and the likelihood of injury and how much that goes through the roof when we're when we're not resting and recovering. And so uh, that's something that's important. I think that one thing as a nutrition coach that I hear a lot of is when people want to experience body fat loss and they engage in something like running. It actually, from everything that's been our experience and the experience we have with other clients, is Running is the one thing that's going to make it really hard to maintain your muscle mass. And when you're wanting to lose body fat and you are you have a hobby that is burning muscle for the most part, you oftentimes can lead to just the ultimate frustration. And so that's another note. If you guys have questions about that or if there's anything we can't cover in here, please ask us. But I think if you are wanting to set a goal of, of body composition it's easy to believe that burning extra calories by running is going to help you with that. And in a way it does, but it's not going to help your body composition. There's a way you can definitely get smaller with running and dieting together, but what that smaller actually looks like in terms of your body fat percentage and your overall strength is very much contradictory. And so that's one thing that I think is also of, of note is, um, be okay with choosing one goal and letting like what you, you had a real smart approach on or You knew I'm going to sacrifice body composition, maybe three, four 5% body fat in order to achieve this goal. And you at least knew that I, what I want to help people with is managing the expectation of not expecting the best body composition scan and expecting the best performance at the, you know, the two hour running race or four hours or five hours. Um, you know, estimates show that we're burning eighty to one hundred and fifty calories, one hundred and forty calories per hour or per mile of running. You know, when you start talking about running for thirty minutes, even you're talking about three to five hundred calories for a larger male. That's going to be closer to six hundred calories. You start going four hour two hours, three hours training for a four or five hour race, and all of a sudden you can really easily see how many calories you're depriving yourself of. And so, um, having an approach that matches, you know, the effort into your nutrition is the effort into your running is, is vital.
0: Yeah. And that's something I just, I've known just for over 10, you know, close to 15 years of competing and training and that type of thing. I knew I was going to sacrifice, uh, my, you know, my, some of my body composition for that. my wife and I both have been talking about now that we're done with all this training, we we're actually going to start, uh, working on getting our body composition back because the same thing happened to both of us. Both of us, both of us lost some, some muscle, and so we want to start lifting heavy and uh, adding in some more physique work so we can start uh, getting that muscle mass back up and, and getting that body fat percent back down. Um, but you know the training, the the amount of time I spent training is the highest it's been in you know a couple years because of you know all the, the hours of running. But my body composition actually is a wor- one of the worst it's been in the last couple of years because of just, you know, my, my diet didn't change at all. It's just because of the uh, the running. And so that's a huge aspect of it. And so, you know, if you, if you are planning on doing a type of race like this where you're going to have to be running a lot or you are planning on trying to add in a lot of running, you need to go into it with the realization that it's going to be at sa- Something is going to be sacrificed for that for you and you have to, to come to terms with that and understand that that's, that's what it's going to be. Um, it's going to be time. It's going to be a lot more time than you realize. And it's also going to, um, you know, affect yourself, you in the gym. And, um, I was talking to another guy who was training for a marathon and he was, he completed his marathon and he was happy about it. And he said a PR, but he was saying that it really, he really noticed that it, it affected him in the gym. And so he didn't think he was going to do another one because of that. And that's the same, you know, for everybody. There's there's always going to be a give and take. It's really cool to be able to train for an event like that, but you have to realize it's going to come at a cost and um, and be prepared for that. This is really something that's
1: important for, I think, everybody when it comes to our fitness is just choosing, and, and maybe even in life, there's probably some ways that we can, um, you know, take this approach into a healthier perspective in a lot of different areas. But understanding that we really, I think, are prone to want everything all at once instead of realizing that if we're gonna go in one direction it naturally means that we're leaving another direction and so you can't just sprint in one direction and still expect to be as close to the other direction as you were and so when it comes to uh you know muscle mass or your physique and what you look like or your performance on the leaderboard in your gym or your performance at the race i think understand it or your, your ability to live to be a hundred, you know, and to not have any joint pain at all. All these things are kind of, you know, it's, it's easy to want everything, but realizing that we just aren't built that way. We just can't have, have it all. And so what I like to really help people with when we work with nutrition specifically is to identify what is the thing you want the most? What is the thing that keeps you up at night? What is the thing that really, uh, you are striving for the most and to then, go ahead and acknowledge that what it physically is going to look like and feel like to lose maybe some of the other goals that are kind of in the back of your mind. And so when you have that approach, I think you're going to be happier and you're also going to have proper expectations of what the journey is going to look and feel like. And it's going to lead to overall you being more joyful with your results. And also, um, yeah, I think just generally happier. Um, when you do have that proper expectation. So that's an encouragement for for everyone who's thinking about a race or thinking about something outside of the gym that may be uh, performance-minded is understanding. Let's go ahead and acknowledge what we may leave behind a little bit and know that we can always come back to it. But just to have that in mind and so you don't go to your training and do an in-body scan the week before your race and start getting depressed because you see that your body fat went up and then all of a sudden, you know, you have that in the back of your mind. I hear a lot of people talk about performance athletes don't go anywhere near those things that potentially are going to start to creep into their mind about the confidence they have in their preparedness. And Mm -hmm. so... Uh, so managing expectations and having that proper expectation is, is just a vital component to, to all things
0: in life that you're, you're working towards. That's one thing I've definitely learned the hard way over the years is um, when I'm talking with somebody about their specific goal, being able to lay out, okay, this is actually what it's going to take. And that's something we talk about a lot is like uh, with competition specifically, like competing in the sport of fitness, wanting to compete in CrossFit. Having clear expectations with somebody on the front end of what it's actually going to take, instead of saying, "Yeah, why don't you just jump in with me and start training and um, let's see what happens," without them realizing that if they start training with somebody you know who's been doing it five, six, seven years, they need to realize like it took them five, six, seven years to get to that point. You're not going to get to where you want to be in three months, and you know that's a mistake we've made a lot. Is having people jump into it and expecting to compete at a very high level without realizing how much time and effort it's going to take and saying, um, if you want to compete at a high level, do you have three to four hours a day to to devote to training every single day, six days a week? Can you get nine to ten hours of sleep? Can you get your diet dialed in every single day? Can you eliminate almost all your stressors outside of your life? Can you spend an extra hour of mobility? If you can't do all those things, then you're going to set yourself up to to be disappointed because the reality of what you can give is completely different than what is required. And so I think in any area, if you can go into it before you set a goal, like on January 1st, I'm going to do this because I'm really excited about it, and I'm going to do this, 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 and this, and it all sounds fun. But then you actually look at what it's going to take if you can set a goal of, am I willing to make these types of sacrifices to get to that? And so that's something I really try to do a a much better job of now is laying out what it's going to take to somebody to actually get it in a realistic timeline. And if you want to compete at a very high level, it's going to take, 3 to 5 years of very very dedicated training to get to that even have a chance to be able to compete at that level. Is that something that you're willing to do? And if you are, that's great. We can set you up to do that, but you need to be realistic about the timeline and the amount of work that's going to require because I think in in general we always underestimate how much work is going to be required to get to where we want to get to. Like the marathon for example, I committed to it that about this time last year and without even thinking about how much time of training we were going to spend and that was the biggest thing when we finally finished that race and it was awesome and we had done it but then i was thinking gosh i'm so glad i don't have to train every single week for a whole i mean the the last this past weekend was the first weekend in a a year that i haven't been planning uh on when we were going to run and running and then recovering from running um and it was just like by the end of it it was taking the entire day and then the whole next day to recover it and it was just such a big commitment that I I underestimated how much time it was going to take for us to get to it. And my goal was just to complete it. And so um, you have to uh, have realistic expectations of what it's going to take before you.
1: Often things look easier on the outside than they actually are. And that's just something we know about training is some things look like we're really close, but there may be a five-year difference between the levels of two things that uh, from a number standpoint are really close and so for I think a lot of goals it's also just that soberness of let's ask some people and I'd encourage you if you do set a goal ask someone who's already gone down the journey and ask what are the things you didn't expect and what are the things that uh, that you were a little more challenging than you thought and let yourself you know take a Take almost an investigative approach into setting those goals because what I'm passionate about is helping people not s- helping people set goals that are appropriate for them and not losing trust in yourself to set a goal because you maybe set one that you didn't really put a lot of thought into or didn't have have all the information. So that's just one thing that I think you know the the objects and what's the saying on this on the car? The objects in mirror are closer than closer they appear. Closer than they appear. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, maybe it's the opposite of that. I was thinking that was the the other way around, but things also can look a little bit easier. And then when you get into the reality of it, it's like, man, this really is, is challenging. So we want you to make sure that, uh, that's,
0: that's really good advice is if you want to do something, talk to somebody who has done it or is working to do it and, and figure out exactly what it's going to take to get to that. Because we pretty much every time we always underestimate how much work it's going to take, whether that's competing, whether that's running a race or anything like that, so all oh, that's really good advice. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we uh, move on to outside the box? And in the outside of the box, I'll kind of break down the how the race went. and You can talk about how your race went as well, Caleb. Here's what's cool. I think we can. I think in our in our gym community that we have,
1: there's a lot of people who have some really cool stories in the past of what they've done and accomplished. Um, I know we have runners in our gym who have a sub. Uh, we've got a guy in our gym who has a sub four-minute 1500 back when he was in college. Um, these are things that are just like, I had no idea that you were that. We have uh, you know, college steeplechase runners and college athletes. So when it comes to running and when it comes to any goal, just lean on the people that are around you and start to get to know other people. You may be really surprised at some of the things that people did 20, 15, 20, 30 years ago. And mm-hmm. so that's just another thing that you can really hear some cool stories and learn a lot from, um, from the people that
0: are that are around you every day yeah that's good all right so let's move on to uh outside the box and like i said we'll just talk about the race a little bit hey let me tell you about the sour patch kids
1: i was only running the half marathon and i wanted any excuse i could to be able to (laughs) to eat some sour patch kids so so i did that and i found myself i did not wait an hour to to take the first (laughs) sour patch kid i think i was in mile two and I found a red one, and I was like, "I'm doing this." And so, uh, but I did, I did uh, take your advice on the Sour Patch Kids. And even though our run was uh, a little over two hours, it was, uh, it was something that really helped uh, Sarah and I as we went through to, um, to, I guess, continue to have that energy to finish. And uh, it was so that was that was some good advice. I'm glad, I'm glad I did that. That was a last minute addition to the to
0: the plan. Um. So so we ran the St. Jude in Memphis. Um, and it was very well organized, very well put together. We checked in the night before and then drove up the morning of and parked and walked over there and it was an awesome start. And then we ran. And as soon as you start running, you're running through downtown and there's all these people out cheering. And, um, it was just really cool. And I was planning on running for a while without putting my headphones in. I, I never actually put my headphones in just because there was so much going on. There was people everywhere, but, um, so my wife and I, we ran the whole thing together, and we had a, a great game plan, I thought, going into it of, uh, you know, like I said before, our goal was to complete it. So we ran, basically we ran, our goal was to run 50 minutes and the walk 10 and do that three times, and then we would be three hours in, and then after that we were going to run for five, uh, 25 minutes and walk for five until we finished. So uh, we did that for three hours, and at three hours we were just past 16 miles, which our goal going uh going into it was we we didn't really have a goal time we figured we'd probably finish around five and a half hours and uh so at that point we were both feeling really good and um I was like man we can we can get sub five hours on this pace and so I was like well let's go you know another 50 minutes and then walk uh do another hour at that and we got to about 25 30 minutes in at that point and I was like we at 25 I was like I'm getting kind of tired and so we we went we did a walk at at that point and then we started running again and then the cramp started hitting in she started cramping up a little bit so we started walking and at this point uh, we we passed another guy uh, who, who had been ahead of us who works out in Oxford Quentin and he was cramping really bad and uh, so we we're like oh man but we just kept on running and said hey to him Well, then shortly after that, I started cramping up and I started cramping up pretty bad, like in my right calf. And I realized it was coming from my hip flexor. So I was really trying to work on my hip flexor, um, to get it to release, but it just wasn't really helping. And then, so us and Quentin, were kind of doing this pitiful back and forth thing of every time I would walk, he would, he would pass us and then he would cramp up and then we'd, we'd have, we'd, we'd pass back and forth. So at that point it was about 20, we were about 21 miles in. And it just got really tough at that point. That and everybody told us that told us that that was the hard part of the of the race, um, about the last you know five five to ten miles. And that from that twenty to twenty six, it was just kind of survival. Um, I was cramping up like crazy. Uh, Claire got some really bad blisters on her foot. She she we were running and she thought one of her toenails had popped off, and so we had to stop and check that. And it was just. I th- One of her toenails did split in half, but she had really bad blisters on her feet. My feet hurt, and the biggest thing I was concerned going into all this was my feet because I have really high arches and I tend to get blisters really bad on on the balls of my feet. And I got some really bad blisters during training, and I was just worried um, that I was going to be able to do it with my with my feet. And they started hurting about mile six or seven, and but it was it would never got to the unbearable pain it was just kind of like a dull steady pain every step for the whole race which I could manage because I kind of felt with felt that in training some but once the cramp started like there was just it was walk run two three minutes and then stop have to cramp uh have to walk and then run two or three minutes stop have to walk and uh you know there was no amount of pickle juice or goo or electrolytes or Gatorade or anything I we stopped at every single station and tried to get some but it was a hilly course so I think that contributed to it. And it was actually kind of warm, you know, by the time we finished, it was in the sixties. So, um, at that point it was just finished. And so, uh, we ended up finishing right around five hours and 15 minutes. Um, and, um, you know, I was able to run through the finish line because it was downhill. Every time it was uphill, I was having to stop and walk, but there was a point, um, about mile 22 or 23, and it was a long straightaway. And I looked ahead. And I could see about 50 to a hundred people and every single one of them was walking at that point. And I realized like, okay, I was thinking if you ran a marathon, just about everybody's just like kind of running the whole time. And I was like, everybody's in the same boat. The last five miles are like, this is terrible. They're cramping up everywhere. People are talking about how awful it is. I can't believe I paid to do this, that type (laughs) of thing. And I was like, I understand why not many people run marathons because it's really, really, really hard. Um, but we did it, we completed it. And, uh, you know, we've been, I've been giving you guys updates on the, uh, on the training for this whole thing and we did it and we finished and so it's an awesome feeling to have trained a whole year um it's really cool to being able to do it with my wife um and us do something together and train a whole year for it and i'm i'm never doing it doing it again like i'm never running long distance again i'm completely retired from it yeah, like three or four days after we were done in the middle of the week Claire texted me and was like, What about, what do you think about doing a half Ironman? And when we're, you know, in five years, I was like, No, <laughs> Just I'm no, not. here. If you want to do another, I mean, she, I can already tell she, like, we were driving back and uh, she was like, I mean, I think if we wouldn't have cramped up, we could have, you know, gotten, gotten four and a half hours. And I was like, Yeah, we could have, but I don't want to, t- I don't want to, t- I don't want to train more to do another one. And, but I can tell she, she got the bug. She she really enjoyed it. She had a lot more fun than I did as in the training aspect of it. And I think she'll end up doing another long race and something like that. But I'm officially done with that. And um, glad to glad to glad to have done it, but never doing it again.
1: It was a great experience seeing all the people cheering for you, and it just reminded me like no one is immune to how cool it is for people to cheer for you doing something. And one thing that I really took from that was all the people that went out of their way to stand out there on it wasn't super cold like the weather was not crazy but it was really windy it was overcast it was just an ugly day and there was never a moment at least in the half for us it was I know you all had a different part where you went that kind of started to to branch off for the marathon but the half at least there was never a point where there weren't people lining the road cheering for you having signs there were kids out there with little power-up signs and Um, then the other thing that I didn't have any idea that there would be that many opportunities to drink alcohol on the race and to grab a donut. I saw there were at least two or three donut stations. There were many places where people are trying to get you to take shots and do this. And I was just like, man, more power to these people. But I just, that's not it. We had a guy that was keeping you updated on the, the soccer game the U S was playing. Uh, and so anyway, I think that was a really cool experience. I was excited for that. One thing for me that, Stood out was just that, I think it is. I love that our fitness truly does allow you to, within a certain range, to do other things that you don't do, but to unknowingly be preparing for it. And so for for me, I you know it's been I haven't run more than six miles in probably five years. And Sarah and I were able to run thirteen miles without stopping. Um, I did have to I did have to go to the bathroom once, um, but. To be able to go and do that after not necessarily training for it was also something that was rewarding for me to know that there are aspects of our fitness and what we approach that helps us prepare for things that are maybe unknown to your body. And so I was able to tap into some of the things that we do in the gym on a daily basis. And of course, a lot of that is training and background. And that doesn't mean that everybody should be able to do that, but for me personally, it was a really cool thing to see that, you know what, it's like I can do something that I don't do every day in the gym. And it's still what we do in the gym every day helps us prepare for that in different ways. Even if it's just a mental, you know, and tapping into some of the challenging things that we do in the gym that help. So that was something that was fun. I will say shout out to the there is a running program that we offer on Wad When you go to the workout of the day, drop down menu. Every Wednesday, Hunter programs a running track that allows you to do an extra workout that's running. And I do that um, a couple times a month, typically. And so while it's not that duration, that's also a resource. A lot of people have asked about, you know, where do you guys run? Do you all just, you know, do you just go jog three miles or do you run a mile? There, There's some um, there's some benefit to sticking with a plan. And you always have a plan that helps you progress in your running. And it, at different times of the year, has different duration goals based on what that what the programming is doing and so if you're looking for a running program that doesn't accidentally overlap in maybe an unhealthy way that's a place
0: to do it if you have questions about it we'd love yeah yeah that's good and it's typically always interval type training so it's something that's a little bit more manageable and more fun uh, mentally for that but um yeah it was a great race overall I will say I I have never been as sore in my life as I was the day after it took me about three or four days to be able to walk without a limp And, um, that night we, so we drove back, we were just ready to get home. So we drove back from Memphis, which was a little over two hour drive. And when we got out of the car and walked that night, I was having such a hard time just getting around the house. And I was worried that I was going to slip and my muscles were so tired that I couldn't like, I was not gonna be able to catch myself. I was like, if I slip, I'm going to get really hurt here because I just don't have anything left. And we looked pitiful. I, I had to go get us food the next day and I was limping, going to pick our food up and everybody was just staring at me. I was like... Man, I, I just I just got to get this food and get out of here. <laughs> but we were on the couch all day Sunday afterwards, and it was uh it was a beat down. You know, one of the hardest things I've ever done, and one of the most um, beat up my body's ever been. Probably the most beat up my body's ever been. And it took me probably about a full week to feel like I was just wasn't tired anymore from it. But it was a great experience overall. So um, if you ever do want to do a marathon, um, I wouldn't recommend it but (laughs) it's cool to be able to say that we done actually i I would say you know it's something cool to be able to really say i committed to something i trained for a whole year and i did it so uh it was really really good experience but um anything you want let's move on to the uh, recommend segment before we wrap it up here caleb anything you want to recommend
1: we have dabbled into uh the depths of hbo max i think that uh hbo max is a really underrated apparent uh app streaming out but apparently they're about to switch their name I think they just are gonna try to branch away from some of the HBO things that people traditionally think of and start a new and uh, in, and in kinda having um, a little broader audience but one thing that we found the other day that I would recommend before bed the beach cottage chronicles there is a uh, series that goes through and interviews people and they go through the architecture and design of certain beach houses and if you're a beach person and you enjoy you know, any kind of creative architectural themes and things. There's some people that have some really cool houses and they think about things that I don't, I'm not inclined to think about, but I really appreciate when other people are. And, uh, I love the beach. It's one of the things I look forward to throughout the year. And that's where I relax. And so, uh, Anyway, Beach Cottage Chronicles. Look it up. It's, I think there's eight episodes, and uh, you can kind of go through and see. It's a really peaceful, kind of serene thing to wind down at the end of the day, and it also taps into a little creative side that uh,
0: you, may be, uh, you may like. So uh, Beach Cottage Chronicles, HBO Max. Cool. That sounds interesting. I'll, ha- I'll definitely have to check that out. Um, I'm just going to recommend that um, to eat candy if you're going to train, because it's actually, uh, it works really well and uh it's fast, fast absorbing, fast carbs, fast energy. And uh my go-to is sour patch kids or sour octopus. I like the sour octopus because they're bigger and you can just get one or one, you know, get get a full bite just from, from one or two of them. So um if you're gonna train for something like that, ditch the goose, go with the sour patch kids because it's going to be a lot more fun if you do that, do it that way. Let's go. Okay, so that's it for this week. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, if you got any more questions, we would love to talk to you about running because um, we spent a lot of time doing it. But uh, that's it for this week. We'll see you next time.
1: the silky smooth sounds